So last night, I watched Men in Black, the first one. So we're going to see if Men in Black has anything to do with the gospel reading. The men in, why I'm bringing up Men in Black, who here first off has seen the first Men in Black? Like way back, in, way back in my day. Anyways, the very end of the movie, right? So this whole entire idea of the movie basically is aliens are living amongst us and we don't know it and so it's okay. Because if we would have known it, it wouldn't be so fine. At the very end of the movie, during the movie, they're trying to find a galaxy which is the size of a diadem on a cat. I remember when I was a kid, and why I'm bringing this up, is that was like the first time that I said, wait, can a galaxy be that small? Can we be that small? And then the very end of the movie is a clip of aliens playing on a billiards table with a whole bunch of different galaxies being inside the eight balls. And it just has its zoom out from the earth into a marble, into pool balls, into a universe completely outside of it. So that's a cinematographical way of saying, hey, reality might be bigger than just you and I. It might be massive. And we have no idea what space is, time is. Last week, two weeks ago, I was visiting the fifth and sixth graders, and they were doing math. And they're like, oh, Father, did you do math? I said, yeah, I did math. And then I got to high school, and then I learned about negative numbers. I said, what help is negative numbers? And then I found out that there's things called imaginary numbers. I was like, okay, why do we even talk about them? if they're imaginary, but okay. And then I became a philosophy major and realized that numbers don't exist. To which the kids are like, what do you mean numbers don't exist? And I was like, well, if you have five apples, think of five apples. Are there actual five apples in your head? Where are the five apples? Is it five apples reproduced? Are they identical apples? And what is five? Other than one represented five times. And obviously, fifth grader's mind, explosion. What? That's what philosophy does to us in seminary. So what does this have to do with any of these readings? The first sentence of the Book of Wisdom Before the Lord, the universe is a grain from a balance or a drop of morning dew come down on the earth. Mind blown. Before God, the universe is as small as a drop of dew. We're talking about a universe. We're not talking about my life inside of that universe. 
That's how big, huge God is. How utterly other he is. We could use the word holy. How utterly set apart he is. When was the first time our minds were exploded in awe? It happens a lot for a little kid. But as we grow up, another explosion can happen when my spouse says, yeah, I'll marry you. Whoa, cool, great. Another one happens, welcoming new life into the world. My kid, whoa. Ah, reverence. Right away. Today, the miracle of today, of this, we've heard this story of Zacchaeus so many times. The miracle that happens today is that the human heart that was totally against God is now totally for God. Zacchaeus, this tax collector, who's been greedy, prideful, all of the things that are sinful sees the face of God and changes in an instant. Because he sees the love that this book of wisdom is talking about. But you spare all things because they are yours. You fashioned them. They are yours, O Lord, and lover of souls, for your imperishable spirit is in all things. Therefore, you rebuke the offender little by little, warning them and reminding them of their sins they are committed, that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord. Jesus says, overlooks not only Zacchaeus' sins, but our sins. So that he can forgive them. So that we can run into an encounter with him even before he brings up our sins. So that we bring up our sins. Because we're in the light of God. In that love of God. That's the Holy Spirit at work in our hearts. All the way from baptism. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can convert hearts. Any words I say, if it's not the Holy Spirit, it's not helpful. The Holy Spirit working through me, through us, is super helpful. It's the Holy Spirit alive in our hearts that changes the world. We change it too, just sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. But with God, it's always for the better. Then St. Paul, reading, writing to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and powerfully bring it to fulfillment 
every good purpose and every effort in faith, that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, in accord with the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be glorified in you. God glorified in your life, in your family, in your situation. That God, who, remember the grain, universe grain, has got that under control, even though our life's a mess. Somehow God works through it. Look at the Old Testament. No one's perfect in the Old Testament. God worked through it all doesn't exclude us just because it doesn't look perfect to us. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. You and I are lost. Without Jesus, we're lost. In humility of heart, we're lost. Jesus, come and find us. He comes and finds Zacchaeus today, has an encounter with Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus changes instantly. Not all conversions are that instant. The Lord is the only one that knows our hearts and how to work with it, how to finesse love out of it, to give love to it. But he does it in a very bold way every time we come to Mass. He gives us his son, present in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And if we're talking about a God who the universe is the size of a grain in a scale, can I doubt my own senses? for five seconds to see Jesus. It's one of St. Thomas Aquinas's, right? He sung the Tantum Ergo. Even when our human senses fail, you are there. Even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it, you are there. Because my life is very important to you. My purpose is very important to you. You're giving me your son. You're giving me his grace in the sacraments, in his church, through the love of one another, through the Holy Spirit working it in and out of our lives. And that's why we can rejoice in that song. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. Lastly, what would you do to see Jesus? Zacchaeus climbed a tree. 
Or are we willing to come to Sunday Mass every Sunday to see Jesus? And not only that, invite others that we know should be here that aren't here to come and see Jesus. To say, yeah, that's Jesus. And I'm coming to see him because he's changed my life.